Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production. Available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. Now, here's a little secret with what I do at the Rod Peterson Show. I've made a career of it. I don't care whether you like me or you don't like me, but when you watch my show, I just want you to feel something. How about that? Whether you're happy or you're sad or you're angry or you're proud, I just want you to feel something. Because a lot of times you'll read a column or watch a show and say, meh. That's never been the hallmark of what I do. I want to make you think. I want to make you feel something. (laughs) And it's worth it. And if you don't agree with me, I'll be fine. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Ah, I'll say it again. How you now? I'm good. <laughs> Sorry. Like, I'm, I'm watching this with no sound. So our okay. content creator, Nelson Vo, has gone in. Tell him what's going on. He's pulled up from May 10th, and he puts the calendar, May 10th. It's graphic. And then Rod talking about, they're going to announce the name June 1st. Probably be the Elks. <laughs> or the Elk. And... Uh, then flash forward to today, June 1st, and we've got the announcement. And uh, Yeah, I said I'm going to start charging for this stuff. Like a fortune teller at the uh, fair. <laughs> You'll be crystal ball. Yeah. Need Come to, in. I'll tell to, you what's happening with your team. Need to grow a beard. Um, that's the breaking news. If you're just joining us here in hour two, it is the Edmonton Elks. They announced it this morning, and uh, we're saying bravo to them. We'd rather see Elk. And if we had our druthers, it would be Empire. But this is the best possible thing. And that's the news that's coming out today. And uh, the other thing is just an unbelievably fun back and forth here. So our close captioner at Game Plus is clearly a Leaf fan. And he says, I triggered him by trolling the Leafs a little bit. And here's the thing. All those other networks are just Johnny Toronto, right? All of them. And we kind of get sick of it. In the rest of Canada, you know, there's a whole big country out here besides the Golden Horseshoe. So our show is kind of anti-Toronto, sorry to say. So I tweeted the Mike Babcock laughing thing last night, and it triggered people. What did I say? Angering people is a gift of mine. It is. It's a gift. Yeah. And we're going to get to you in a second, Calgary. (laughs) But anyways, Ryan, can you tell, what is the 705 area code? Can you look at that up, 705? Because the 705 area code has texted us here on the Prairie Mobile text line. It says, personally, as the Game Plus control room resident Habs fan, I slept like a baby last night. Oh, it's Ontario as well? Okay. So, again, don't worry about me. You guys, hopefully there's a divider in between them in the Game Plus control room right now. Habs and Leafs. How did you guys not kill each other during that series? So, anyways, that's what went down last night. I thought Montreal was going to win. Darren's taking it very well, very well. And Clark's taking it as well as you could expect that he would take it. Yeah. As a guy that's been trolling all year and then took one in the pills last night. Who is Brandon George? He writes on YouTube, Rod Peterson Show, making me laugh. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, you're welcome. And regarding Jeff the Stamps fan, 
says Rod is mad because the Stamps don't let him park up front. Who does he think he is? John Huffnagel? That's not the point. It was the West Final. The whole team rolled up on three buses. It was minus 25 if you were there. I'm sure you were. And the parking attendant said, McMahon, which incidentally, we've been coming there for decades. They're like, you know, you can't, can't park. You're going to park way over there. And we're like, and walk in this? And then went out and proceeded to kick the Stamps' asses. And I think, was that the game where we had the, the rider <laughs> Looney under the, at midfield at McMahon Stadium? One of the stadium workers put it under the field. Just, we, did, we're just, we were in your head all day. 35-13. Great day. It, who do I think I am? It wasn't about me. It was about the team. And little things like that, little karma things, they come back to bite you in the ass. Always. Hard. Always. Yes, they do. And that's what I look at this. It's funny, this, this Leafs situation, it's, it's bigger than the team is fine. This is, this is a karma thing from the fan base and everything else. It's a karma thing, and it's a curse thing, and you have to believe in that and understand that it's going to take something really holy and magical to get out of it. Well, they should bring in somebody and, and have a sacrifice. Do an exorcism, a, yeah. whatever. <laughs> so whatever. There's something wrong in there. And maybe the Oilers can get a two-for-one deal with the Leafs because there's something wrong there, too. Oh, yeah. Same deal. By the way, Mandy in Edmonton, I see you, Mandy. She's got all kinds of funny things going on here. She says, the elk rutting season starts late August. Watch out, Stamps. I'm a rural guy, but I'm not really a wildlife guy, but I have a feeling that that is something sexual that I don't want to talk about. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. Running yeah. sea, they're, they're violent. <laughs> really? They watch out for the elk when uh, it's rutting season. Okay. How do you know that? Keep your, you're from the chicken capital. Keep your antennas up. Yeah, well. <laughs> chickens, too. No, I don't know. <laughs> How about that? How about that? So that's it. It's the Edmonton Elks as of today. My mind is running around in a million different places here. Hey, Faye Lowther's watching. She says, I can't wait to see Brett Lowther kicking again. He is awesome. Faye Lowther, Truro, Nova Scotia. Truro Strong checking in today, watching the uh, the RP show. We are literally coast to coast here and around the continent. Rachel, the intern's watching, eh? She just can't miss a trip. She just can't miss a trip. She says, I mean, the Leafs didn't do any better under Babcock. I don't think coaching's to blame with this loss. Do we want to go into the uh, Robin Leonard stuff? Because Brady Leovold had asked about that earlier. Was his, was, he, he's like, do you, was game one Robin Leonard's fault? And we're going to talk about the Vegas Golden Knights here right now, who, by the way, have the night off. Game two goes Wednesday. I had a, I had a scouting report here I was going to read to you guys about, about the game. Here's the thing about Leonard. No, it wasn't his fault. The whole team was bad. I think we covered this yesterday. You don't have to have played sports at a high level or been around sports, I don't think, at a high level to realize what happened with Vegas. They came off the emotional Minnesota series, and I'm not using fatigue for mental, physical, or emotional at all. But they got into a new series against a better team, and it was just, they had their socks knocked off. It happens. And for those that say they can't touch McKinnon, they can't touch him, yes, they can. 
Winnipeg did it against Connor McDavid. There's a way, and Peter DeBoer will find it because Vegas is that good. I'm not saying they're going to come back and win the series, but what I'm saying is they're going to come back in the series. The series is not over. And with Leonard, I, don't want to, I didn't want to play him either, okay? But they want to use two goalies. Flower is older. He played every minute in the, in the past. You had two. If you feel you need to play two goalies, you had to start Robin Leonard in game one. And those of us that watch the Golden Knights every game had a feeling where it was going to go. Marc-Andre Fleury doesn't let in the goals. He doesn't in that first period that Leonard did. So was it his fault? He didn't give him, he didn't give him a chance. And when they were down 2 nothing, the whole team unraveled. Anyways, that's my take. And I, don't, I know you don't care as much about the Golden Knights no, as I do. I do. but I do, and I, I agree. And I think we all, well, I knew, and we all kind of thought Leonard would play game one and with the effort of giving Marc-Andre Fleury a break. And when they went to Marc-Andre Fleury in game seven, they kind of said, you're our guy. You're the guy. We believe in you. We trust you. You've played well. Yeah. He had a great series against Minnesota. He was phenomenal. And so Leonard gets the start. He gets a rest, and they'll manage that. But it's with anything, like a team, when you're just riding up here and it's, you know, game six, game seven, it's do or die. And you're at this high level, high level, high level. You're playing really well and you're really focused. And then when you get to a game one and it's, okay, if we lose, it's not the end of the world. And even if you pull back just a little bit with that kind of safety net, wham, you take one in the chin. It's really easy to let it get away from you when you're not playing at that same level, when you can relax a little bit. and So now they'll refocus and understand we better step up here and these losses matter, and uh, away you go. It'll, it'll be a new series. You know, it's like starting a series down a game. They're, they'll be fine. <laughs> they will be fine. Yeah. I see from our viewers, um, they, 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 they love the talk. Jason in Red Deer. Says a few of the goals were absolutely on Leonard, but the loss overall was a team loss. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> Thank you, Jason, by the way, for the for the gear. This is from the Ooh. the Puck and Pigskin podcast. Treats for the boys. I love it. A couple of bunny hugs, actually. And uh, another one, the Puck and Pigskin podcast. He's doing very well on that, by the way, in terms of followers and stuff that he's doing um from alex nuttle on youtube absolutely not leonard's fault nobody played well but i disagree with a goalie change in game one of a new series flurry had been playing great so why change it up then oh i know Uh, i know i thought i said i didn't want to talk about this but last year in the playoffs i have no idea how they decided who they were going to start Vegas all year in the bubble in Edmonton. It was like, throw a dart. That's what it felt like to me. From Jen, she says, the rest for the Jets may help or hinder. Even though they knocked out my oil, I can still cheer for them. Now, that's a fan. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I think if you're the Winnipeg Jets, you'd, you would take the rest. Look what happened to Vegas. They were coming off a Game 7 series, and they got rolled. In game one, I think you want the rest, right? I, th- I think you do too. You want the rest. It's a seven-game series, and that's, you know, you take even a loss in game one because you just went seven games, and kind of the payment for going seven games is you're probably going to take one on the chin in game one. So let's protect Mark andre Fleury. Let's start Robin Leonard. Let's understand what this is going to be yeah. like. Third period comes in. We want to set a physical tone. You know, 
We let that series go seven games with Minnesota, so it probably means we're losing the first game with Colorado. You know, and I think they're okay with that. They're in the second round. I think they'll take that, and now they'll see if they can if they can come back. Somebody had written in here about shutting down McKinnon. I know. Oh, Jeff in Winnipeg. Jeff Cabilla says they can. They'll figure out some way to stop or reduce McKinnon. I'd be okay with just reducing Nathan McKinnon. <laughs> You're never going to stop him. I don't care who you are. From the puck and... Oh, we haven't done the poll yet? Okay. From the puck and pigskin podcast, you are absolutely welcome, guys. Wear it around town and spread the love. I will, and I'm sending you some gear. I am. Darren found out the hard way sending mugs in the mail. We found that out the hard way. It can be tough. <laughs> they, they show up. Sometimes. As jigsaw puzzles. But now I don't ship them. Now we've got somebody else who does that the right way. Uh, from Georgie Anitsos, by the way, the owner and proprietor of the Four Seasons Sports Palace, who said in the Game 6 loss for the Leafs at Montreal, he said he's the first sports bar owner in the history of sports bars to kick himself out of his establishment. <laughs> how about that's that? How, that's how upset he was. Oh. <laughs> Uh, great show, buddy. The sun came up, says George. Happy first of a new month. One that sees more restrictions lifted in our great province. As for my belief, riders, Vikings, as Darian, as Darian, as Darren says, it certainly teaches you patience. That from the Greek freak over at the Four Seasons. And uh, the poll question for Capital Automall. Universal Collision Center today. Oh, yeah, it had nothing to do with any of this. You saw Naomi Osaka pulling herself from the French Open because of mental health concerns. That's, I mean, completely not pandemic-related at all. But when I say the pandemic is bringing the worst out in people, this is bringing the stupidity out in people. Should, our, po- our poll question, should athletes be required to speak to the media? 59% of you saying no. 59% on Facebook saying, no, athletes should not be required to speak to the media. And on Twitter, 53% saying, no, they should not be required. Um, and while I say it's bringing out the worst in people, it's kind of like that doctor from Edmonton that told me, Rod, STFU, mm-hmm. when it comes, like, you don't know what you're talking about with coronavirus, so right. shut up. And I'm like, eh, you're probably right, but I'm the one with the show. Uh, on the mental health thing, because I am a mental health professional, where I spend the rest of my time uh, outside of here. People are just saying horrible things about Naomi Osaka. She's just doing what's best for her. That's it. And that's all from the start is what she said. She apologized yesterday and said, I'm sorry that I caused all this. I just, I can't deal with the media. And now I'm going to pull out of the entire event. She's struggling. And I don't know how much you've watched this, but the stuff that's being said about her is unconscionable. Um, Do I think that athletes should speak to the media? No. Especially not right after games. But I know what they're thinking in most cases. I really do. I don't need to hear from them because I know. So I would vote no, they don't have to. And that would probably would sound a little weird from a career media guy, right? Yeah and no, because you're also a career hockey guy and a yeah. sports guy. You're not just a media guy, right? You're actually a hockey guy. So it's not like you came through just in the media phase. You came mm-hmm. through the game even as a kid. Um, so I get it, and you do know what they're thinking. So, but I don't know that that applies to everybody. And I think they should sp- speak to the media. Although I applaud Naomi for 
you know, understanding what she needs to do to take care of herself. So that's cool. I support that a thousand percent. But when it comes to building a brand and building the sport, we need to see the players. We need to see the coaches. We need to hear from them. That's what brings the attachment. That's what sells tickets. Without all of that, we really don't have sports. Like just watching the games is not enough. You need to have a reason to watch the games. And that's when you see these guys, you hear them, you get to know them. That stuff matters. Uh, Kerry Shellstead uh, watching in Alberta says the captains should speak to the media. And maybe that's that. I mean, I'll give Connor McDavid a lot of credit. He is always facing the music. He's always there. Oh, yeah. And you can tell he doesn't want to be there. It's written all over his face. I mean, there's some guys that do like to speak to the media and girls and some that don't. And maybe that's where it should be left in the locker room. I don't know. I mean, you should talk to a PR person about that more than anything. Or, as I always say, get the message through me. Tell me and I'll tell the people. But I I know you want to hear from the athletes. Maybe 20 years ago, I would have said I wanted to hear from the athletes. But now I just know how gut-wringing it is for them. And, And the most horrible part of my past job because it was a great job but one bad part was that live interview after games particularly after losses my god i could tell you stories of coaches that didn't want to do the interview we knew they didn't want to do the they just got their ass kicked and you got to speak to a million people in the rider nation explain how you got your ass kicked their minds in a state of trauma well coach what'd you think about the game why are you asking that but you know, like what? There's no good question in an environment. There's like not, that. but that's almost the interviews we need the most because <laughs> when you, you can do it, when you put, I know, and I've been in that situation, and it sucks. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to ask him. I don't want him to. I don't want to trigger him. You're just like barely hanging onto the mic. It's such a delicate situation, but we need those because when it's so bad and it's raw. That's the bottom, and that makes the winning feel that much better. We need to have the ups and the downs. We just want to sit up high and enjoy success and never have to have failure and never want to (laughs) deal with these tough situations. If we don't deal with them, then the winning doesn't feel any good. Very good. Hey, the BC Lions are tweeting at us. hey oh, Can't wait to see them on the field. Uh, Alex Nuttall watching on YouTube. Torts after every single game. See, torts is... He's too far the other way. And we'll talk with Zig Fricasi about this, that and NFL and uh, Bruins when we come back. You're watching the RP Show. This has been the second half kickoff for the Four Seasons Sports Palace. And you're watching on Game Plus TV, YouTube and Facebook Live and 24-hour sports radio for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Laid back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's Rod. Hey, welcome back to the RP Show, everybody. We got a, a hot day going on episode number 496 of Canada's Daytime Sports Talk Show. And thanks again, guys, for playing my favorite music. Thank you a lot. I mean it. It's so catchy. Uh, yeah, the Edmonton Elks. It's a thing. As of today, the newest team in the Canadian Football League. Edmonton Eskimos no more. It's the Edmonton Elks. And that's, uh, we won't start there with Zig Fricasi as we bring him in from Sirius XM NFL Radio in Manhattan, but we'll get around to it. Well, he's home today, I see. Hey, Zay, you continue to be at home, huh? 
Well, you know, I am in the studios three days a week, Rod. Mm. And then the other two, I am at home. So how you doing, my friend? <laughs> 100% my man. Uh, it's not Vegas Golden Knights game day, but we're getting there. You must have a spot in your heart for the Golden Knights, Ziggy, from the time you spent in Sin City, I would think. I do. I actually kind of adopted them as a team, Rod. And, you know, I lived there from 1985 to 2001. So, you know, everyone thought that Vegas wasn't a great hockey market. But actually, you know, the uh, Thunder were out there. You remember them, of course, Alexi Yashin, Clint Malarchuk, Patrice oh, yeah. LeFave. A, bu- a bunch of guys came through there. And they would get probably five or 6,000 uh, fans a game there at the Thomas and Mack Center. And then I think the Wranglers came maybe after I left. Uh, and then when, you know, people laughed at Oscar Goodman, the mayor of Vegas at the time, when he broached Gary Bettman saying, hey, Vegas could be an NHL market. And fast forward to, what, 2017-18, and the first four years of their existence, Rod, consistent sellouts, of course, before pandemic, of course, but still uh, a great hockey town. And I think it's got a chance to grow even further, although I think they're up against it against the outstanding Avalanche team in this series. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's Game one wasn't that much fun, but the series is going to be fun. And it, it's unreal that anybody would say what a great hockey town Vegas is unless you went and saw it. And it is an unreal hockey town. But... You never really accepted my bet, I don't think, on the Bruins Islanders, which is dinner at Del Frisco's. Did you say we're in on that or what? I gave you the – I thought I gave you the thumbs up. Yeah, so if you win – we could get you can get the early bird, and I win. I get anything I want. So yeah, we could do that (laughs) next time you're in New York. We'll definitely do Del Frisco's because it's right in my building. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Darren, you would love steakhouse Uh, in the basement of the uh, Sirius XM. Well, not basement, main floor. Sorry. Um, So the Islanders won in overtime last night. You saw it. uh, Sezikis with the winner, uh, Zig. Would have been something for the Bruins to go up 2-0. This looks like it's going to be a long series. Yeah, I believe so. And give the Islanders some credit. I mean, they were the opportunistic team last night. Now, granted, you know, of the goals, the first one goes in off Lozon, who later became villain number one, that ill-advised cross pass in the overtime to set up Sezikis' breakaway. Uh, some concerning things, though. Uh, second period, I thought, was not very good. Tuka Rask at times looked like he was fighting it, and now they're saying that there's some lingering injuries, so you got to wonder if his back is acted up again. But again, the Islanders took it to him in the second periods. I thought the Bruins were the better team in the first and the third. Islanders better in the overtime, so uh, they deserve a lot of credit. Barry Trotz has them playing well. Now it's a best of five, and it wouldn't shock me if this ultimately goes seven. Hey, buddy, what do you think Charo's going to do? Somebody sent me a a tweet from Charles last game with the Caps talking about, you know, is he done? Um, he's not ever going to be back in Boston, I don't think, but you must be a Chara fan. Do you think he's got some tread left on the tire? Boy, at this point, Rod, well, I, I d- disagree slightly. I think he will be back in Boston at some really? point, but not as a player. Uh, no, I think I, if, if Bruce Cassidy, if those guys are smart, Don Sweeney, Cam Neely, I think they bring him in after he's done playing as some sort of, you know, mentor, advisor, maybe, you know, coach the defense if he wanted to do that, say down in Providence or be some kind of an advisor. I think he's a Bruin through and through. But to answer your question, you know, I think this past year, Rod, even though it wasn't terribly far from Boston to Washington, 
you know, you heard some things about this being a tough year in the sense of not on the ice because I thought he was still pretty good, but in the sense of being away from his wife, his kids, you know, there's got to get to a point where, you know, he is 44 years old. What more do you truly need to accomplish? So I just think from more of a family and rest of his life standpoint, it probably wouldn't surprise me if Chara did walk away. Um, Because I don't know if, like, say, for example, if a team out west went looking for him, that would really put some stress on the family if they were not to move from Boston. So that's why I think I would lean towards him probably retiring. I got you. I got you. Craig Smith's watching our director of scouting. Two decades in the Canadian football league. Yeah, he says, Zig Fracassi, that calming voice I would hear on Sirius when I was driving that lonely highway to the next football assignment. Much like listening to Peterson and Carteri or Peterson and Mullinder. Smitty, thanks for watching. Appreciate it. And I just, I love Ziggy's voice too. He's, he's chosen the right profession. And Zig, by the you, way, we need the, yeah. we, the other Craig Smith to play. He was out uh, in game two. So for that, Craig Smith, we need him back on the ice for the Bruins. He is a big factor. Absolutely. There's no doubt. Nashville did okay without him now, but no, Smith is amazing. Uh, To the National Football League, my friend, and the Aaron Rodgers saga seems to like just be turning on a daily basis, but ever so slowly. Are you tired of the story? Uh, What's your take on Aaron Rodgers in the pack? Yeah, I mean, it, it, after a while, it, it, it's a little bit numbing. I mean, although we are now in, in in June, so it'll be interesting to see. Well, maybe we'll get some more momentum in terms of the actual training camp news. Now, of course, you know, June 1st is a big day around the NFL because after today, Rod, you could either cut some guys and get cap relief or in the case of uh, a Julio Jones, if Atlanta were to trade him, they could spread out his money over a couple of years uh, on their salary cap. But back to Rodgers, again, I've heard all the interviews, heard all the speculation, and when Aaron was on with Kenny Mayne, he made it quite clear that it wasn't the draft pick of Jordan Love. Says he liked the kid a lot or even loved the guy. Loved his teammates, loved the fans, loved the coaches, which was eye-opening because you know the media was making up that row between him and Matt LaFleur which apparently never existed. So if you read between the tea leaves, Rod, there's an issue there with Kuz, the GM, and also the president, Mark Murphy, who's had a long, distinguished career as a player and executive in the National Football League. So that seems to be where the problem therein lies. So if they were to trade him, I think it would have been done by now. You know, does Aaron pull a power play and sit out? And I've heard it even suggested that he comes back since the first 10 games, Rod, comes back for the next six to get a vested season in the NFL. That wouldn't surprise me, but uh, Green Bay's got to get this thing resolved before too long because they got to find out, you know, how long is Rodgers in for the, for the interim and when can they go to Jordan Love when he ultimately does become the quarterback, if he becomes the quarterback. Yeah, well, I knew that you'd be on top of it. Producer Clark said, this is the latest. Rodgers won't be traded, so they're going to have to find a way. I'm going to go a little off the board with my next one, Zig. And I, with this new television deal, everybody sees the money in the NFL. And what I see is the pressure. The money may go up, but the pressure goes up. You thought there was pressure before. You know what I'm saying? With more money, more pressure. That's how it goes. And my example of that is Trevor Lawrence, when they came out of this mini camp, whatever they called it here, this most recent thing. Headline in the Jacksonville paper, Tebow, or sorry, Lawrence 
not perfect in red zone. And I'm like, what did you think he was going to be? Like, you're probably throwing seven on seven. He's a rookie. Like, what the hell? Like, I don't think people think about the pressure a kid like that is under, or Zach Wilson, or Trey Lance, or any of those first-round guys. Yeah, and it's going to take some time. I mean, Trevor Lawrence was outstanding at Clemson. I mean, the kid's not used to losing, Rod. He's been a, you know, basically practically unbeaten, although there are a couple <laughs> losses there at Clemson. But the point is, he may wind up losing more games in the first month of the season than he ever did in high school and college. So uh, that's going to be worth a concern. you know. And, and again, what's the trajectory and what's the realistic expectation uh, in terms of these particular markets? Again, uh, I, I'm looking for Lawrence to start day one. I'm thinking uh, Zach Wilson will ultimately start day one for the Jets. And if I'm a fan base, if I'm the media... I got to look at, all right, there's going to be growing pains. He's going to look bad probably more than he does look work, look good. But I think if I see tangible proof that, you know, there's good, they're, they're competitive in each game. So say if Jacksonville wound up, I don't know, 5-11, and 6-10, and 10, but they were more improved and they were competitive in every game, to me that's a sign of trajectory that um, he's going to be a, a good quarterback going forward. So, the pressure is definitely there, but I think the expectations need to be tempered somewhat because Jacksonville and New York Jets, are, those are two teams. They're not one of those, Rod, where I think you snap a finger and you add a few free agents and bring in that rookie franchise quarterback and all of a sudden things are going to get better. They have to have a plan, and I think both those organizations actually do have a plan. You know, speaking of that... You could use one of those two teams to answer this question or another one. What team do you think makes a step, a big step in 2021 in the National Football League? Like a non-playoff team that gets in the playoffs. Uh, that star on their helmet, Rod. And I know you had my boy Scotty Laughlin on the uh, last hour. It, and we were worried that this would be too much uh, Cowboys love over here, but they're the one. <laughs> if that comes back, and obviously things are trending in that direction. That offensive line, which was totally banged up last year, I think a rededicated Zeke Elliott because last year he had the issues with the fumbles. Uh, so you've got those factors. And if they play any semblance of defense this year, and say what you want about Dan Quinn and some of the gaffes that he's had, but he's also been a very good defensive coordinator, and they've reshuffled that personnel there, Rod. If they get any semblance of defense, I think they're back in the hunt, if not winning the NFC East. Uh, of course, of course. Of I course. was hoping. I was, of course, I was thinking that you would say America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. And Zig, how much? <laughs> what do you put on coaching? Like a premium on coaching? Mike Nolan never gave them a chance last year. They didn't, and some dumb play calling by Mike McCarthy too. But I think just a, a change of a defensive coordinator is going to mean. Potentially three more wins, at least. That's what I think. Yeah, well, I, I got to be honest, Rod. Mike's a, a good friend of mine, so I got to, you know, I, I cringe, but I also know that it, when I what I say is that I think they probably tried to do too much in terms of changing now. As the year wore on, they actually started to create turnovers and make plays, but I think by then... It was just seemingly a lost cause. So, unfortunately, Mike Nolan paid uh, dearly for that, although he is an accomplished football guy. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think Dan Quinn uh, ideally want, does more of what the Cowboys did before last year instead of you know basically the four three setup and that kind of thing with their their coverages on uh, in the back line and everything like that. So I think it'll be a return. But you've also got some new faces, and you also need guys like Demarcus Lawrence to step up because he was kind of a lost cause last year. Jalen Smith looked way out of place in that defensive setup, so you're hoping that a, a return to some familiarity helps him out, uh, The and that their draft picks, they went heavy, was it, first six picks, franchise history on defensive players. So if they're able to uh, assimilate all of that in, Diggs continues to step up as a, as a shutdown corner, that's where I think they'll be better on that side of the ball. And I agree, <laughs> coaching does mean a lot. It, uh, oh, so much, so much. Ryan McCarthy watching in Saratoga, New York, says, Zig is right. I'm a Jets fan, and most of us agree that this is going to be a multi-year build by Joe Douglas and Robert Sala. Am I saying it right? Sala? Sala. Sala, sorry. And Darnell Theris from Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions says, Eagles! In 60 seconds, well, Zig, what's going to happen with the birds? Hopefully they don't fly the coop. Ooh, that's a bad attempt. <laughs> now, Hurts definitely has to step up. That's a, that is a no-brainer there. Uh, you got to have your first-round pick. Smith, obviously, contribute right away. Uh, they've got to have, like, the Cowboys. The Eagles had major attrition on the offensive line last year. Uh, I think the Kerrigan addition helps them defensively. If all those things come into place, uh, this could be a four-horse race in the NFC East this year. So maybe the Eagles get things turned around because it's been a pretty strict and downward slope since their Super Bowl appearance here. They got to get things right under the new coach Sirianni. A a fast, steep drop-off decline. You're right. Zig, thanks. As always, I look forward to you buying me supper at Del Frisco's, my man. Enjoy the hockey and we'll be listening. There you go. I'll start saving my pennies now, Rod. <laughs> I got you. You probably got some coupons. Zig Fracassi from Sirius <laughs> XM NFL Radio joining us uh, from New York. We'll take a time out, get to a sports update. I got some great stories, by the way, from that visit. I think people want to hear them. Uh, last time that I was down there visiting Zig. It's the RP Show. You're watching on Game Plus Television, YouTube and Facebook Live, and 24-hour sports radio for Suds Full Service Car Wash. Your car deserves it at rodpeterson.com. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Oh, yeah. He's back. Time for more of The Rod Peterson Show. We back. We back. We back. I'm just updating the sports update because we got breaking news today. It's a few hours old, but <clears throat> Moose is back, by the way. How are you doing, Moose? I'm good. Maybe it should have been the Edmonton Moose. I guess, it, guess it's support. too late. Yeah, too late now. <laughs> uh, as we delve headfirst into the sports update here, the Edmonton CFL franchise has changed its name to Elks. The club made the announcement via live stream this morning. There's the logo. There's the name if you're watching. Edmonton dropped its longtime name Eskimos last year following a similar decision by the NFL's Washington team amid pressure on franchises to eliminate racist or stereotypical names. 
Uh, breaking news from the CEBL. Charles Cook III, a former NBA G League guard with 16 games of NBA experience with the New Orleans Pelicans and Miami Heat, has signed a contract with the Hamilton Honey Badgers. For the 2021 CEBL season, the team announced this morning, the six-foot-five guard from Trenton, New Jersey, split his last season between San German of the BSN and Treviso in the Liga Basket Series A, Italy's top professional league. Speaking of the CEBL, which tips off later this month, have yeah. you had a chance to catch any of the documentary Our Game on CBC? Not yet, but it's on my list. Sounds good, doesn't oh, it? Oh, amazing. It's very good. It's very good. I was watching some of it the other night waiting for the hockey game. Had it on CBC, and I'm like, hey, this doesn't suck. It was pretty good. I bet. It was a documentary on the bubble last year in St. Catharines for the CEBO. Cool. The Toronto Blue Jays will be calling Buffalo New York home for the second time starting tonight. Lefty Robbie Ray is scheduled to start for Toronto at Salem Field against the Marlins. The Jays started their season playing home games in Dunedin, of course. The Brooklyn Nets look to clinch their Eastern Conference first-round series against the visiting Boston Celtics tonight in Game 5. The Nets won game four, 141-126 to go up 3-1 thanks to Kevin Durant's 42 points. Also tonight, Denver hosts Portland and the Lakers welcome Phoenix. Both games tied 2-2. And I just think that Lakers-Suns series is, is pretty damn exciting. They all are, but that's oh, yeah. probably the one that I'm most interested in. This sports update for Dubnetwork.ca, your number one source for Western Hockey League breaking news and analysis with the best team of writers across Western Canada and the Pacific Northwest. Visit today, Dubnetwork.ca. And for Ben Cahoon's G2G Protein Bars, now with eight amazing flavors. My favorite is the almond coconut. RP Show viewers get 20% off with the promo code RP Show. Order yours now at G2GBars.ca. I feel like we could just turn it over to the viewers, Darren, the rest of the way here. They got really excited and are, and are still excited over in uh, Winnipeg. I guess that starts tomorrow night, hey? Yeah. No rest right. for the wicked, as they say. Right away. And in that situation, uh, I think Montreal will absolutely turn to Jake Allen in game one. You know, Carey Price on top of the world. He's Carey Price. He's your guy. You're not winning series without him, but I could see they'll go to Jake Allen in game one, give him a rest, and make sure that he's ready to go for the series. That's the price you pay of going a deep, long seven-game series. you got to give him a night off. I could see it. Poll question today is, should athletes be forced to speak to the media? I'm not sure if that's the exact wording of it, but that's the idea. And over Just over 50% on Facebook and Twitter saying, no, they should not be forced to speak to the media. Joe Lazito, watching in New York, says, uh, regarding athletes speaking to the media, Scott Norwood missed a Super Bowl-winning field goal on the biggest stage and sat at his locker and answered every question from every reporter. In my opinion, it's part of the gig. Yes, but you know what Naomi Osaka is saying is? The stupid questions are what's rotting her mental health. Can we look at it from that perspective? Can we tell the media to not be idiots and think about the way that the question is going to be perceived. Oh, you just missed a field goal to win the Super Bowl. How's it feel? How do you think it feels, dummy? How about that? That's where the athletes and coaches are coming from. I No, I agree. And it's almost like we shouldn't get into those questions. We should just let the player just come in and, and it should be standard. React to the game. Disappointed, obviously, and, and take those questions out because, you know, you don't... Can't fix stupid. You can't fix stupid. So let them, let them answer that off the hop. 
Well, but it's important yeah. to do media. It's really important. Matthew Kennedy uh, watching on Facebook says, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Yeah, the infamous Marshawn Lynch comment of Super Bowl, which I bristled at, and now he's got a YouTube channel. It's kind of ironic, isn't it? He didn't want to speak to the media, but right. now he has his own show. Right. Um, yeah, that part, that annoys me. I'm trying to find a comment here. It was a nice one came in from Dale Berezuk. He says, you guys are still kicking ass. Son and I listen every day. Elks, awesome. Good on Edmonton. Stuff changes for a reason, and we all should appreciate that. History goes both ways. The sport isn't, divide, isn't defined by the name. I love watching Edmonton when I'm there. An amazing experience. I'm blue and gold. Elks will be as first class as they always have been. Vegas is fine. Jets in six. Enjoy the week. That kind of sounded like Trent from Norway, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. It really did. I was kind of getting confused. Theo Tutkaluk from Amateur Sports TV watching in Winnipeg says, Carey Price is out of mojo juice. Go Jets, go. I wouldn't be betting against Carey. Not at all. CP31. Nope. He didn't even need, he didn't need to hit God mode last night. He didn't need to. I'm looking at the shots all game going. Montreal, they're seriously outshooting the Leafs all game. There was no point where the Leafs led in that category. How does it make you feel, Darren, in 60 seconds or less that your team has no heart? How's it feel? Not surprised. It's <laughs> been that same way. That's the only thing that needs to change. You're not changing pieces in and out. Like, Jordan will appreciate, you know, a race car reference. You can't just buy a new car and just, oh, that's going to make me win. Get your elbows dirty, clean out the carburetor you have, and just, you know, work at it. You have the tools. It's sometimes it's what's inside of you that makes the difference. The Leafs, unfortunately, they don't have it. They better work their bags off to find it. Can you say that? I did. Of course you can. Of course you can. <laughs> hey, full-on viewer takeover when we come back in overtime. Great comments coming in that we need to address. You are watching... The RP Show on Game Plus TV, YouTube, and Facebook Live, and 24-hour sports radio for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. And uh, Moose is here, too. We got a lot of time left here for overtime. That means you've got time. Wherever you're watching, specifically on Game Plus television across all 10 provinces and live in 31 states across the USA, text us. That number on the screen right there, 306-840-8777. Prairie Mobile is your authorized SAS Tel Mobility dealer. We marveled after the show yesterday how much you people enjoyed the talk about Hockey Night in Canada and NHL on NBC and NBA on TNT, just that media talk. I'm always fascinated why people would care, but I think we kind of came into the realization that we watch it every night. They're in our homes, right? We feel like we know these people. Yeah. And now here's the latest on the media. I was talking about, uh, well, our poll question, should athletes be forced to speak to the media? And just over 50% of you are saying no. Like, just over 50% of you are saying no, they shouldn't be forced to. 
Wayne in uh, Victoria, B.C. says, I answered yes to the poll question because I thought it was their duty, but now I see your point, Rod. That's what I'm here for. Do you like that? (laughs) (laughs) He's bubbled out laughing. Costamericus, by the way, live studio audience. Uh, From Glenn Erickson, longtime uh, media guys watching in Medicine Hat, hockey guy to the bone. He says, what would the repercussions be for media folks who ask those stupid questions? And he says, I think I've probably been that guy a time or two. It is just an unbelievable relationship, the teams and the media, man. That, oh, that, yeah. that, that people have absolutely no idea that what goes on. They have no clue yeah. what those relationships are like. You ask a stupid question, you're gone. Well, who says it's stupid? We do. You know, and that, like back and forth. Who gets to decide? Who gets to decide what's a right? stupid question or not? Yeah. And literally, like you, the, the most basic question, what happened out there, coach? <laughs> Why would you ask that? What do you want me to ask? As I was saying, that was the most horrible part of my job was those live interviews after a loss for the Rough Riders. You don't know what to ask. And so I'd, that's why I say they shouldn't have to do the interviews because then I wouldn't have to interview them and Bob's your uncle. The, the key, and I learned this, is you got to get to that coach on the sideline well before the live interview. you got to get there a couple minutes before. And that's where you ask him the questions before you get on air. I'll always go to a coach, you know, put a hand on his back, be like, when he's getting blown out at the half, and I'll be like, so, like, how was that? Like, how was that, right? And if he doesn't give me much, and he's like, huh, I don't really, then I'm not asking him that on the air. But if he's like, you know, we're not so bad. We're okay. Like, this is fine. We're okay at half here. You know, we'll be okay. A couple of mistakes. Now I know. Perfect. That's a great question. I can yeah. ask him that on the air, right? But you go in cold, and you're just, like, tiptoeing around. You're like, so now that's just, but you didn't play that well. And then you're just like, if I was an athlete, I wouldn't speak to the media. I would just go to Twitter for everything. Tiger Woods basically does that. Mm -hmm. You want to know what I think? Go look at my Twitter feed or go to my Facebook, whatever. Go to my Instagram story. Athletes really only use that to announce their retirements, if you've noticed. Right? That long post. That's right. Uh, From Brandon George watching on YouTube says, Rod should invest into an NHL team in Saskatchewan. No, thanks. I've said that forever. I like to travel to my NHL games, specifically Las Vegas, home of Canada's team. And I said that a long time ago when they were just putting the shovel on the ground. I'm like, this is going to be my team because I can fly there on a direct flight. I can fly there faster than it takes to drive to Winnipeg, Calgary, or Edmonton. I'll fly to Vegas, get off the plane in my shorts. I can walk to the rink and the team's going to be good. I don't want a team in Saskatchewan. Although I was telling somebody the other day, it was one of those podcasts I was on, I think the one in Columbus, where the guy was like, how was the Heritage Classic, man? You had it in your backyard. I said it was amazing. And I personally thank Gary Bettman. Remember when I hugged him? Yeah. I said, Gary, thanks for coming to Saskatchewan. And he was like, Rod, why did you guys love it so much? And I said, because for 100 years, we've had to go to you. For the first time, the NHL's come to us. Once was good. I'm over it. <laughs> That's enough. I don't need a team here. That's enough. When you're the putting, road trips are fun. I know when you're putting roots down, you're committing. And if you got the money, like if I had the money on a, for an NHL team, like if I had the money, I want a yacht, okay, and a pro team. But you can't be landlocked and want the. You got to be somewhere near the. So yeah, I get it. You don't want to be out of here. <laughs> I'm okay with Vegas. You want to travel? Yeah. I don't need to be driving 41 times in the winter. To watch my team play. 
Not interested. Brandon George, I think, has just discovered us on YouTube. He says, this guy is funny. He's making me laugh. I think he's talking about you. Sure. You're welcome. From Todd Pinckney, uh, he says, Kerry Price is the best player in NHL history to win a playoff series with a salary of more than $10 average annual value. Money doesn't matter now. It's out the window in the playoffs. Unless, well, ask Mitch Marner. (laughs) Um, Aaron Beach, watching on Facebook, says, Gentlemen, as a hunter, I have only ever heard elk called elk. (laughs) Never elks. Technically, both elk and elks are correct, but if you're going for an animal, I would think you would call it what the outdoors people call it. What do you guys think? I think I want empire. (laughs) That's what I think. How about that? I don't care. But I do think the marketing avenues off this are are amazing. Their their souvenir store is going to look like a Cabela's. Right? Oh, yeah. What's so funny over there, (laughs) Cuz? Making you laugh. What's a baby cow? Or is it a cow? An elk? It's a baby elk? Yeah, I think so. That's what they'll call all the rookies. They won't be rookies. They'll be cows. <laughs> John <or> Lynch <laughs> has this premonition of them trailering a bunch of elks to the stadium for some promotion and them getting out during running season and them attacking everybody. John Lynch has... People are running for the exits. <laughs> They're barking it's at, a the, movie. at the It's stands. like Jaws, but the Canadian version because it's with elk. You and your brothers will come in and rope dan, dan, dan. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? Oh, but they love rope. He would love be that. like be like city slickers. Would love, well, speaking of Cabela's, it hasn't even been a day and we're talking about elk hunting. <laughs> okay, tomorrow, Rich Sutter. Who else you got? Dave Campbell, the Elks color commentator. Tomorrow, noon Eastern and 10 Mountain right here on Game Plus. Angering people is a gift of mine. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com.